Osiris. Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. Hello, everybody. We are live. We're back today for another episode of Always Almost There, day after show. We are very, very excited uh, to be here to talk about last night's intimate affair in Athens, Georgia. We've got Drew here. Hi, Drew. How are you? What's up, guys? How's it going? Uh, Thanks for being on today. Very excited to have you on the pod uh, to talk about last night's show. Before we get started on that, of course, got to talk about uh, today's sponsor, which is Beekeepers Naturals. Powered by nature and obsessively tested, Beekeepers uses potent ingredients like propolis, pollen, and royal jelly and steers clear of added chemicals. In a day and age where we want to boost our immune system as much as possible, Beekeepers Naturals has many products from lozenges to gut health supplements to support us and tap into the magic of nature. Personally, I don't leave home without one of their propolis throat throat sprays, especially supportive when singing my heart out at shows. Use code STORMSOUND at checkout. 20% 20% off your order. Very exciting stuff. So, Drew, you were in Athens last night. Small show, uh, but a lot of fun. Tell me about getting to the venue, getting in, what the vibe was like pre-show. So, I went in around doors. There was not a crazy line to get in, and getting in went really smoothly. Um, it was really quick. Um, and we got in the pit. Um, Peter side and surrounded by UGA students who were all really excited. The enthusiasm level was very high last night. You could kind of feel it in the air. And, um, you know, I thought that the bar lines were quick. The bathroom line wasn't bad. Um, you had your typical long merch line, of course, but, um, really cool venue. I didn't realize how small the pit is. It's really small. It was definitely crowded in there. There was not mm-hmm. a ton of room to dance, but everybody was really respectful. Nice. Sure. Yeah, we, we could tell we, we were talking, uh, you know, as the show was starting and we could see the crowd. We were like, wow, it looks like sardines down on the floor there. Like, we so glad- were sardined in there. Well, glad, glad the crowd was uh, nice and respectful. That's good to hear. So they come on a mere 40 minutes after ticket time, um, maybe closer to 45. But uh, we get a great tumble opener. Always a really strong way to open a show. This one was almost 20 minutes long. Um, you know, solid within the bounds of tumble, but great way to get the show going. What was, the, what was it like for this opener? Everybody's really excited. We kind of thought this one was coming. Um, and there's a lot of people, a lot of, again, I was surrounded by UGA students in there. And it was a lot of their kind of first shows, or maybe they – had caught a show at Pullman, but they were still kind of new and um, still some people singing uh, Tumble. And, you know, as soon as the music started, uh, everybody was locked in and there was really no side conversations. Um, I was very pleasantly surprised with that. Nice. That's good. And yeah. 
That's good. And then, I mean, what, one of my favorite moments from the show last night uh, was the segue from Flea into Green River. I thought that was really well executed by the band, you know, the way that they were kind of the Flea Jam was going. Um, I haven't seen a picture of the written set list, and so I'm curious, um, you know, actually what, how the whole show was supposed to play out and how much uh, of it was scripted. Because um, there's another segue later in the show that I want to talk about that did not sound scripted at all. Um, but this one was great. You know, Peter really digging into a nice vibe uh, on the piano, which ended up uh, carrying into Green River very well. Nice chugly uh, song, of course, which is uh, CCR trademark. Um, but yeah, well, this pairing. So when Green River started up, I, I thought Trevor was going to blow a speaker like he was booming. They had him cranked up, um, especially for that Green River. It sounded really good. Um, I think that's the second Green River I've caught. The first one was in Waynesville, the drive-in. Nice. And this one had an extra energy to it for sure. They were they were hype. Mm-hmm. It was a good one. Yeah, that was the first uh, Green River since Richmond in September. Uh, it was 40 shows. Oh, and we have another uh, surprise guest checking in. Uh, we've got Katie, who would like everybody to know that she is not a Barely. contributor to this podcast. Uh, she's here today. She is our... Uh, our, our Georgia correspondent. Uh, she was not at the show last night, but she lives in the state of Georgia. So it counts. <laughs> Katie, just to get you up to speed, we're three songs into the show. We've got Tumble, Flea, Green River. What's your take on this opening? Um, well, I always love a Flea. Well, I have a lot of takes on this show. I think that this show <laughs> was perfect for Georgia theater, and I think they perform, performed the perfect Tumble, the perfect Flea, for the audience at Georgia Theater. I think it was a very different show and we should have different expectations for it just based on kind of the audience that it was originally ticketed for. Um, And I think given that, there's not a ton of, I think, jams to really go into on this show, but I think they hit some huge ones. Drew, were you there? Yes, I was. I was was in the the audience. Yeah, tell me. (laughs) What is your take on it? Just, that's what my- You know, I think- I think there was definitely a lot of UGA students and people there. It was their first show. Mm-hmm. And I think they got a lot of the songs they really wanted to hear last night. And, um, you know, I was impressed. Like I said, uh, everybody was really locked in. All these young 20-year-olds, 19-year-olds, they were super locked in. They weren't really talking or anything. They were really focused on the music, which was nice, I thought. Yeah, I like to hear. I- it made me think of like, I would have chased this show. I think a lot of people would have chased this show. This is, I talked to some people who were, it was a first show. Some people I know it was, there are several in, both enjoyed it, but I just kept trying to remember because it seemed just different. Um, I know we'll get into Arcadia, but everything was just kind of clean and cut in there, but that's kind of the perfect show for what it was and where it was nice nice tuesday night party show uh for (laughs) university students you know and then so after green river uh get a nice flow down uh probably the best thatch we've heard to date um and silver rising kind of making up the middle of this set um you know flow down obviously seemed like a pretty uh obvious call coming uh for this show you know they like to play it uh at a party show uh, nothing crazy on the intro. Thatch, uh, this is the first uh, Type 2 Thatch, I believe. Um, really, really fantastic uh, jam on this one. Um, one of my definite highlights of the night. Um, and then Silver Rising is always so good uh, anywhere it's played. 
uh, you know, the song is great. Drew, what was, what was this segment like uh, in the room? Thatch, Trevor was about to bring the speakers down. He was cranked. It was pushing us back some moments. I mean, people were really getting energy off of Trevor, just hitting one of those loud bass notes. And, um, you know, I think Peter said that was Thatch because I think a lot of people didn't know that one, but mm -hmm. everyone enjoyed it for sure. Everyone was really feeling that song. That's how you know it's a bunch of casual fans at a show because anybody who's a cat, like if you don't know what Thatch is at this point, you're not, you, you know, you're not following Goose properly. Well, they all knew Arcadia. Right. They made that clear. So. Yes, they did. Yes, <laughs> they did. Um, I do yeah. want to go back to Flow Down. I know we're, there's not really often much that we'll have to add to that, but the curtain, Ryan. Was yes, about the curtain. Thank you. The curtain of lights, man. What was that? What was that like in the room? That took me by surprise on the webcast, and it was so cool. I mean, yeah, I hadn't seen that before. I don't know if they've done that. It's I slow red either. I think it really showed off for slow ready, especially. Um, yeah, it was crazy. I mean, it's a really small stage in there too, but it looked like they had all the lights going and it, it was, it looked amazing in there. I thought mm -hmm. But yeah, that, that curtain was so cool. I'm, I'm hoping that's not the last time we see it. You know, it might be part of the different light rig for a smaller venue uh, that they were using last night. Obviously, um, you know, they can't fit the full light rig in a venue of that size. Uh, so hopefully that curtain makes a, a an appearance again soon because yes that was a very very cool effect uh, that must have been so I, cool in person. I do love seeing um, how much goat he's gone, how much he can do on the big screen or the big screen, the bigger stages, and then giving him a and little in the middle stage. of it all, yeah. and it's just like oh my god. We yeah. love Getty, and then the first set closes with an Empress poetry sandwich. Um, this was <laughs> quite the. This was quite the poetry reading. Um, it was uh, Trevor took a second to pour himself some Mountain Dew uh, and read some of Fuck the Pain Away by Peaches. Um, which, I'm impressed how quickly some people identified it. Yeah, shout out to shout out to Neil, um, who knew what it was right away. Um, but it, it was amusing, as Trevor reads poetry tends to be. And then the Empress Jam was amazing. Oh, my God. Peter's doing his um, weird... Um, reverby modulation thing on the organ. Um, speaking of which, uh, for anybody who is so inclined, uh, just today uh, on Storm Sound YouTube channel, uh, Peter's uh, rig tour uh, is out. It's 35 minutes long, um, and he goes through every single possible thing that you can go through in his keyboard rig. Uh, so go check that out. Uh, you can find it, links to it, social media at Stormy Podcast or Storm Sound on YouTube, which might be where some of you are watching it right now. Wow. Um, anyway, so this was this was an awesome way to close the set. Drew, what is what was this like? It was fun. Uh, there was some uh, college. There were some students in front of me that were going crazy for Empress. I mean, that the craziest of they went all night um, dancing. Space started to open up because people were getting it for Empress. It was it was awesome. Mm -hmm. I know earlier we were talking about. Ryan, um, like if Thatcher Empress, what was the best of the show? I say Empress because of exactly what you just said, Drew. It's for it kind of like it encompassed everything that I think this show was. It's such a fun show, um, live, <laughs> and uh, it's such a fun song to catch live, and it's just everything. I think with that crowd, I've never seen like a boring Empress, yeah. And 
I don't think it's a song that can be boring. Uh, also yeah. interesting to see it in the first set, not a place it crops up very often. Uh, the only other one off the top of my head uh, I can think of, at least recently, would be Westville last year. Uh, it closed the first set. But this is good. You know, Empress works anywhere in a show. Um, you know, I, I'm still I'm hoping that someday they're going to come out and open a show with Empress. I think that would be really, a really cool move. Um, but man, this was this was great. And so set break, Drew, what, what was it like in the building? You know, uh, we were headed for the bathroom line, got a restock at the bar, and uh, everything was really smooth. Um, again, the pit was slammed, so just getting out and getting back in was kind of a mess. But, um, you know, I think it flew by. By the time I went to the bathroom, got a drink, we were getting ready to start up. And then in the second set, the pit kind of filled in even more. Oh, boy. Um, yeah. <laughs> So, but, uh, you know, kind of, it kind of opens up once the show starts going, it's kind of that in-between time that everyone's kind of on top of each other. Right. It's interesting, especially after the like hyped up Empress in the first, I could see people being like, now it's fun as they see it kind of opening up being like, I'm going to go down there after. So yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, especially when they open the second set with Arcadia, uh, first time in a year and a half, uh, since they've, they've opened set two with Arcadia. Um, I mean, you know, obviously the song works anywhere in the show. This is a really, really solid version, like probably 14, 15 minutes or so. Um, not outside of Arcadia, but Arcadia just kills every single time. Um, and I was saying last night, um, you know, there, there's something like one of my favorite Goose musical moments is when they hit back into the, the ending chords for the first time, you know, after they've, they've gone through whatever peak they're going through and they go down into that first uh you know it, it's an a chord when they hit it um but there's something special about that but drew this you know this obviously was the peak of the, the sing-along in the room yes as soon as they started going into it the crowd just starts screaming those first couple first couple lines and uh i think that was like a peak excitement we did have that empress that everyone was loving and then we started back with that Arcadia and everybody knew the words to that one. <laughs> Love it. Uh, the question, uh, the last uh, Arcadia second set opener was Kansas City 2021, 1117. Uh, yes, this was excellent. And then Slow Ready uh, up next, which I, I was a little bit kind of iffy on. I was like, okay, this in the second set. And I think it's been a few versions since they jammed it. And I had kind of forgotten that that was a thing that they do sometimes um and so and no and then and then when peter kept the arpeggiator going after you know they finished the the usual song part i was like oh yeah like this is a thing um you know hinting at the eminence front uh throughout this but man what what a groove they got into and just sat into sat in this groove and very well explored uh, this might be the goat slow ready now it was Maybe of the year. Calm it down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I that it was during that song that I got the most messages from friends who were attending. Um, friends who had been to other Goose shows, not the new ones, but the friends like who are hyped for all those songs, but are looking more for that song to get jammed out. That's the one that they were commenting on. Mm -hmm. I had to hit slow ready for sure. Yeah, I mean the lights were absolutely on point for slow ready it's one of my favorite slow readies that i've seen for sure um the crowd was loving it 
and Peter was really getting into the groove, and uh, it was excellent. Yeah, Peter's always getting into the groove. Peter um, had some dancing last night. There yeah. was. I think it was Haps who was noting the, the was new, new dancing. Or what, disco dancing? Is that what we were there, noting? There was something, but there, there's always... There's always an interesting dance move of some kind uh, during Slow Ready. So that was fun. Rock the Casbah was not a song I was expecting to pop up uh, in the middle of the second set here. Uh, but it seemed like people loved it. Yeah, everyone knew the words, too, to that one. And they were loving Jeff singing it back there. And it was just it was a fun cover that kind of everyone kind of knew and could sing along with. And let Jeb sing. <laughs> classic um do you want to clarify that it was not an eminence front tease it was an eminence front ccp uh there was nothing specific specifically eminence front about it um it just had the vibe <laughs> yes oh and then the set closes with uh hot tea turn clouds hot tea this is the the yeah. segue that i definitely don't think was planned um you know again we haven't seen a copy of the written set list from last night yet so i'm curious whether it was or not uh but it sounded like they just kind of stumbled on the the turn clouds groove and they're like okay like well we'll play it again um you know interesting short gap for the song you know just played a couple shows ago in philly um but this was you know it was cool it didn't seem to to let up on the energy during this um even though turn clouds is a slower song it's also one mo many will know though yeah, there was a lot of people singing along to Turn Clouds, too. Everyone knew the words last night to that one, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think yeah, I what, what, was the, what was the reaction to the segue and the, the T, obviously, is a big crowd-pleaser set-closer uh, that I think we all saw coming last night. People were surprised. They were like, what, are they going back into hot tea? Like, what? what? And then they're like, oh, they are? Oh, and so that was like a big, like, nice surprise for a lot of people there, I think. Mm-hmm. That's great. And then a nice escape encore. Uh, peanut, little Pina Colada song. Uh, you know, would like to take this second to shout out uh, the guy from the hotel in Portland in August. Uh, if you have not seen um, his Twitter rant about being in a hotel next to the Goose show that was happening, um, and he's not a fan oh, of Oh, the Portland, uh, Oregon one, yeah. uh, Pioneer Square, or what? Yeah. I, what was it from, from yeah. August, the Pioneer Courthouse I can't Square. Portland shows. You yes, know that, so. um, but man, that was uh, that's that's quite the thing. So seek that out if you if you haven't seen it. But you know, it's a fun <laughs> encore, and again, perfect fit for this show. I, I think there are shows where they've gone for a party vibe, and they'll throw something like a mid-second set seekers in that'll kind of you know interrupt the flow or the energy. Um, it felt like last night they put together two really strong sets. You know, no no loss of momentum at any time. Uh, just the energy felt really high, even from the couch. And obviously, you know, the singing uh, was coming through really strong, but man, like seemed like a really, really fun show to be at. Drew, am I, am I off here or? <laughs> no, you're right. The enthusiasm was super high. One of the highest shows I've been at, you know, it was intimate. A lot of first timers that were just, everyone was excited just to get in the door to that one last night. It was a hard ticket to get, a lot of people that are like, oh, yeah, my friends couldn't get in. And I had friends that couldn't get in either. Um, so I think we were all just really appreciative to be in there for that. And, um, you know, during Pina Colada, everyone – I think people sang the most to Arcadia and Pina Colada probably last night. 
Nice. And it's funny seeing these these college kids knowing these older songs, you know. I think that was entertaining. Yeah, they're like, my grandma listens to It's like, oh, my God. Right. <laughs> my, my parents played this in the car. I know this one, yeah. you know. It's like they're, they're younger than me, even. But I think, Drew, you also hit on something else is that they, I mean, obviously they're playing some huge shows, but this ticket was so hard to get. I was texting, um, I told Ryan it yesterday, I was texting some people that, like, we were, when these tickets first came out, we were trying to think of like, what 18 year old do we know at UGA that is willing to sit in a line and get it? They were so hard to swing. So I think the people who got in, it was really, really exciting. And I, as someone who didn't or couldn't get a ticket, am so excited for them. And like, that's why I think the show last night, just watching them and you just verifying, there were so many, um, new fans there like those people are going to go home and download these songs they're going to go home and listen maybe they'll subscribe to stormy podcast (laughs) but they will like now follow it that's exactly the show you need it for that and i just think that i'm thrilled to hear the energy that was in there that it seemed was in there was in there so that's awesome we have a a 14 dollar uh super chat from my brother thank you andy that's that's very nice of you (laughs) Not one of the new fans yet. Not no. <laughs> um, well, you know, we got three nights in Nashville uh, coming up this weekend. That's going to be exciting. Uh, Drew, I, I know you're not you're not going to the shows, but uh, you can be couching this weekend. You know, I'm going to be in Vegas for my birthday, so I don't think I'm going to be able to stream. I'm going to get my fantasy goose picks in, though, for Good. sure. Yeah, don't don't party too hard that you forget to put in your picks. That's right. The most important early. Right, right. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, there's a lot still on the table for this weekend. You know, mm-hmm. we're, what is this now? We're six show, five shows into the tour. No Modavon, um, you know, no Wisteria. So, and obviously songs are going to pop up again this weekend. Yes, Nash Vegas. Uh, I also think weekend. there should be some space for some, what I'm always chasing is some dark goose in Nashville. Yes, please. Um, especially after having like a pretty the hyped energy of last night and just some of the shows like give a dark wisteria to everyone there. It would be appreciated. <laughs> we'll see. Will yeah. RJ get his way? It is. Uh, we'll find out this weekend, um, but it's going to be fun. You know, we've got four shows left on this leg of the tour and then they've got a couple weeks off before picking it back up um, for the Midwest and West coast is no Wisconsin and, and Illinois are, are not the Midwest. Are they? What's that considered? West. It's Midwest. Okay, I was right. I was right. Have you looked at a map? Yes, they're they're literally in the middle of the country. Yes, Haps would like everybody to know that uh, there will be a vibe review happening on Friday. Uh, <laughs> he will be on again. Um, but yes, we're going to be here obviously uh, every day this weekend, um, three thirty p.m. Eastern for Goose's second ever run of more than two shows at the same venue. Um, First one being the cap, of course. Uh, so excited to see three nights in Nashville. I'm hoping we start seeing some more three night runs pop up uh, somewhere because, you know, better than having to travel between shows. I think we can all agree on that. Uh, well, Drew and Katie, thank you guys very much for being on the pod today. Hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your day. Thank you, everybody, for watching or listening. Thank you, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan. Bye, Drew. Bye. All right. See you guys. Hi. This is Henry Kay, host of the number one music history podcast, Rootsland. Come with me on a journey to Kingston, Jamaica, where we explore the world of reggae music and the untold stories of some of the genre's greatest legends. 
From the ghettos and tenement yards where the music was born, to the island's iconic recording studios. We are so excited to team up with Osiris Media, the leading storyteller in music. Because as you'll hear, sometimes the story is the best song. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. 